0: good morning good afternoon and good evening oh and happy new year good new year Good New Year. We're going to go with Good New Year. It's been a little while since you've heard from us, and we had vacations, we had family in town, we had all kinds of stuff going on over the last month. One of the things I hope you know by now is that if we don't have anything to say, we're not going to say it, but we have a lot to talk about today, as most of you are aware there is a brand new patch that hit the test server, which includes a brand new map. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Close Quarters Combat. And I think those two topics are probably enough because we were just debating about the name of it right before we hit record. So, with me tonight, we've got the one heart and we've got Heathy Keithy. How
1: are we, gentlemen? Yeah, good to be here, man. New map. Woo.
2: After playing it for like three hours straight, I'm loving that map. It's pretty good. I was getting owned, dude,
0: like really bad.
2: Same dude. I got killed two games in a row by this dude named MTP Trigger. Was he on the team? Yeah, he was. Oh, he no. was. <laughs> was it C4 related?
0: The, no, the first one, I was lining up a sniper shot with the Winchester. And
2: I was just crouch spamming by.
0: <laughs> and he was crouching by and I hit him. And then the other one, we were playing with c and c got knocked. And so I come storming around a corner, getting ready to kill whoever knocked Cedo. I'm trying to save him. And then Kev came out of a building at the same time and I just mowed him down with the UMP. You know he's got that, his name above his head,
2: right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but he was orange and it looks a lot like all of the terrain <sighs> wow. on the new map that we're going to talk
2: about. <laughs> have you ever been tested for colorblindness? I mean, I have a little bit and I have to just change it and then I can see those things. Yeah.
0: I haven't been tested and I used the colorblind settings up until the test server and then I switched it back because I saw people complaining on Twitter that the new blood animations that they added for the head and neck shots didn't work very well with the colorblind mode. So I went back to regular old blood Mm. and no colorblind setting and I'm blaming that on you for your deaths. So you can always blame PUBG.
2: Okay. All right. Yeah. They work fine for me. I'm glad for that. Yeah.
0: But <laughs> my, the best part about it was the second time I was horrified. I was like, oh God, I just ruined the whole night. We're going to record a podcast. We're going to play for another two hours and he's going to be pissed. But I killed him the second time and he just starts laughing.
2: Like He just like cackled. I didn't even try and get away and get in the safety. I just laid there. For a while, <laughs> <laughs> just let it soak in. Like, man, he really, he's really got it out for me tonight. He's just clicking on anything that moves. So, new map. What's it called?
0: Mm. Is it Karakarakan? Karakan? I, yeah, like, is it Karakin Kar- or K- Karakan? What's a Karakan? Let's say Kraken. Karakaran. Karakaran. It's an island in the sea, so it makes me think that it's mm. this beast coming out of the ocean. Mm. So
2: Karakan. There's a place in Western Australia. With that name. How do you say it there, you know? Yeah,
1: Heath. I don't go to Western Australia. It's like a really long way away from where I am. Hawaii's probably closer.
2: I'm just hearing excuses from the person who should know every single town and province and and everything that you got going on. Right,
0: I just assume you know every other Australian. (laughs) Yeah, we're all pals. No, I've I've never heard of it. We'll have to
2: look it up. Don't ask me to name all the Native American things and get those right. (laughs) Like PA. That's actually a fun one, getting people to try and say Susquehanna. It's pretty fun when they read it. But we're getting off topic. This place is supposed to be in what like, area of the world? Northern
0: Africa or something? Is that what I saw? Yeah, off the coast of Africa. Northern Africa. Actually, wait. Yeah, it's in the notes. <laughs> Northern Africa, yeah.
2: Not giving away any secrets. Oh, yeah.
0: So, I think before we like dive into the notes here, like we all jumped in and we all at least got a drop or two. Kevin and I got a couple hours in, actually. I kind of just want like your initial thoughts. Like Kev was like, I'm all about it. Heath, what did you think? You you just got a couple games in.
1: Yeah, I don't want to sum it up in like one sentence. Like I'm all about it, but I'm going to loop back to saying exactly that. Like it's pretty sweet. I did notice immediately that there's no vehicles, or am I wrong?
2: There's not even really any roads. There's just yeah. places to go walk.
1: I don't know. It feels like a missed opportunity for a dirt bike or a quad bike, like a real off-road sort of motorbike. Anyway, getting way ahead of myself. i like the sparseness of it. Like it leaves it open to. the kind of sniper fights, although it's close quarters. It actually reminded me a lot of um, Cuisine Royale. Either of you played that?
2: No. (laughs) I I know of it. It's pretty funny.
1: They've got like a deserty Miramar sort of map, but it's more like Karakarakan.
0: On Cuisine Royale? Yeah,
1: it's very similar, like with the sparseness of where the buildings are.
0: You're not like battling people with cupcakes? Like, I don't understand.
2: No, they have real guns, but they use, like, pots for helmets and stuff. It's very weird. It's very weird. Yeah, it's it's just, it's a goofy game. It looks janky, but at the same time, like, I watched Wacky Jackie play it just because he, he really wanted to do something, like, goofy and fun. He had a ton of fun playing it. It still had, like, a Scar L, and it has, like, all these weird extra, I don't know if they're, like, enchantments or what. There was some weird stuff going on, for sure. That game has a lot of different ideas in there. I don't know if they're supposed to really go together. They're just kind of shoved in there. But it looks fun.
1: It's fun and it's fun and dumb but to to answer the question like yeah it's this is going to be a breath of fresh air with the OC servers I think I better double check this that we're only going to get it in random map I don't think we're going to get the featured map like the, like you guys
2: are Yeah it goes straight to random for you and we have mm. we have a decent possibility of it going into that if either server gets kind of or either pool kind of gets messed up there I think they, they said there's a good chance we get put in.
1: Yeah, right. I just predict people were gonna, are going to leave, like, Erangel Miramar games because they want to play the new map,
2: if that happens, mm. yeah. And and vice versa, right? Like, there's, you know, you always see people that are like, we just want to play Erangel. We have that camp, right? You have the camp that loves Sandhawk. You have the camp that says, why are we removing Vikendi, and we should remove Sandhawk? And you're like, that's never going to happen. And then people are like, remove Miramar, and anything. Like, I don't know, that's a good question. Also, they're going to end up taking Vikendi out.
1: Yeah, well, should we clarify that? Because I've seen people freaking right out about the candy being deleted.
0: Yeah, they said they're going to remove it for the season and then revamp it somehow, but it's not gone forever.
2: Without knowing more, I'm guessing they're going to remove some of those really close and cluttered compounds so that you have a little more few and far between forces more actual compound pushing instead of, you know, we're just going to snipe each other from windows and compounds that are only 100 meters away.
0: Is Vikendi a 4x4?
1: It's a 6x6. 6x6, yeah.
2: If it was me, just
0: playing this new map, the speed was so fast. There was a point where we were like, we have 15 minutes till we think we're going to start recording. We can get another game in. Because it seems like you get to like phase 3 or 4 and there's 10 alive. The games are fast. And so for me, it feels like this 2x2... is going to be such fast-paced action that over time, as this map gets rotated in, it's going to make Miramar feel like an eternity. It would have made, it's going to make Erangel and Vikendi feel like an eternity. That's my biggest question, is what does this do to the overall meta, especially in the regions where it's random map only? Because you're going to get this map and play 12 minutes, and then you're going to get a Miramar
1: and play 30 if you make it to the end game. Yeah, are they, are they cutting their own legs off here? You think if we get a taste for this blood, are we going to not want to go back to the old milk?
2: I doubt it. I love my old school 8x8 games. I still like them more than the other maps. I mean, I love Vikendi. Vikendi's super fun. I'm a little sad that we won't play it too often. Definitely going to cook up some Vikendi custom games. So we'll at least see that on Fridays. But I mean, past that, I guess it makes sense to take it out because the question was always, you know, will this be viable for competitive um at least that's what i'd always heard for it aside from performance issues just there's so many compounds that's a little too much so i think if they can clean some of that up uh that'll be good i'm of the opinion that the uh volnova cleanup is that the, that's the place it got redesigned right
0: yeah it's got the big one yeah
2: yeah I, I'm i'm of the opinion that, that was correct it saved my game already once when i had to cross that bridge and i just flew straight through the town at full speed instead of like slowly winding through. That is a great ambush now. Because like, before it was a great ambush, but no one went through it.
1: You know what I mean? Like it would have been great if anyone was dumb enough to go through the middle of it, like through that chicane. Exactly, yeah. And now it's just got a slight dip in the road where they've got to go just turn a little bit and that's just the, the second you start shooting. It's right when they've just got the wheel turned. It's so good.
2: Yeah. slam down a few um, a few spike strips. Those have been really funny. Mm. People get pretty angry when they get spike stripped. I, I find that to be really amusing like you do you get angry i haven't i haven't gotten hit yet
0: really it's one of the most terrifying (laughs) and maddening things because you're like there's no way they put a spike strip there and then you realize you're spinning out you have to deal with the team that's
2: waiting for you i played with basic and his he was playing with his son someone was not too happy on PUBG report
0: (sighs) Mm. but before we get to the candy let's get Let's get into this new map. Let's talk about the stuff that's in the patch notes and the new stuff because there's a ton. I really want to start off with probably the biggest change that people will notice, and that's the black zone. Basically, what it is, it's the inverse of the red zone. Rather than hurting things outside of buildings, it actually targets an area, a large siren goes off, and then missiles come down and blow up buildings, leveling them to the ground in that area. Did you guys experience this? What did you think about
1: it? It's cool. A few episodes ago, when you had C-Dome and Mike Stan on, was it C-Dome that was talking about could they bring the red zone to bring like projectiles that you can see coming down from far? A PUBG cutting him a check or what? Because that's exactly what's happening now, right? You can actually see missiles <laughs> coming down from the sky from a yeah. distance. Yeah, yeah, you
2: absolutely see it. Absolutely, yeah. You and actually could- see where it is, and it's a smaller footprint than a typical red zone. Mm-hmm. And it's just one fell swoop. It's just, it, you hear it coming in. And it just hits in like one second and then you know you're good. You can move right back into that zone. You know, if you're trying to pass through, say you're running, you just have to wait that one hit and then it's done.
0: Well, and it's kind of terrifying too. And the thing that I liked the most about it wasn't just that you saw the projectile, you kind of know what's going on. But we were running through the mid game and we were looking for some more loot, which we'll get to because I think it does need some work. But we're running up to a compound. And we see the X'd out buildings on the mini map because when a building gets flattened, there's a little purple X or whatever colorblind color you deal with on your map, Kev. And- I have no <laughs> idea what that color is even. I don't even know what that color
2: was, to be honest. It was, it was like a mixture. It was like blurple,
0: maybe. Right. But we're running up to this compound and either c or Kev was like, is there still going to be loot in that compound? And then we realized like we're running through this open area and the cover was supposed to be this compound and it's leveled. It's flattened. Every single building in that one had been flattened through the course of the first 10 minutes of the game. So we had to completely change up where we were going.
2: Well, actually, I wanted to go try and loot it. I wanted to see if when destroyed, loot was still scattered in its place. But then I got I got down by somebody and then Trigger saved my life. So, you know, he takes it, he gives, you know, he saves it. <laughs> Comes full circle.
1: That's interesting.
2: But yeah, no, we tried to check out. So, that's, that's something I need to personally go and check out is just hit up the close out, you know, knock down buildings and just see what is in there. Because you can still use it for cover after that. No one would expect you to be in a partially destroyed area.
0: Right. I actually really liked that they were intentional about this in the patch notes saying, don't always expect the building that you run for cover in the late game to be there. And it was actually a really interesting strategic choice that we had to make because you said that, like, I wonder if there's loot there. We should go check it out. And then we start getting shot at and it's like, oh, we can't keep running to these buildings because we're in the open. We've got to do something else. So it's just a really
2: interesting dynamic. I actually really enjoyed it. Imagine if you're in one of those bigger towns and you get into a long engagement and then you get the black zone over you and the other team, but you're both like holding angles and kind of like, What do you do? Because that thing can level your whole building. I haven't gone into a town after and seen like a fully leveled skyscraper, but I know it can happen. You know, imagine just sitting there and like just kind of crapping yourself like, dude, am I going to get blown up by this while I'm trying to fight this other team? Like that would be hilarious and annoying at the same time, right? Like it wouldn't be too annoying because the games are shorter.
1: Are you safe on the street? Like if you just jump out the window, are you guaranteed not to get bombed?
2: I don't know. That's a good question. Like, Can you get hit by debris or does the debris like just fall through you? Is there debris or does it just kind of like explode and disappear?
1: What do you think about this siren? Like PUBG's got the trolliest loud sounds. I hate the siren, dude. We just got on top of taking care of this, the loud sounds, I feel. You know, they turned down the red zone. They turned down buggies. They turn down, Let well, have turn down the SKS. Can you please turn
2: down the SKS? This map is way too loud. I just want to know which guy's in the boardroom who's like, It's got to be realistic and in real war you can't hear shit. We're making it loud. And it's like that guy wins every argument at PUBG is just like, it's got to be loud. And it's like, dude, stop. Like, I need to hear when I get off the game and like be able to go to work the next day. I don't need PTSD from a game either. (laughs) Yeah, we're in a firefight. There's two
0: teams shooting at us. There's a plane flying overhead and there's a siren going off. And we had people pushing into us and we just get mowed down. And it's like we had zero concept of what was going on right now it just feels like way too much noise
2: you can push anyone in any fight at any time and as long as they don't see you they will not hear you like they just will not because like as soon as the game gets going there's sirens going off there's sticky bombs and then the plane is a lot lower so we're still trying to figure out i think we're getting close to figuring out like exactly how far to jump but the plane is a lot lower and so all the drop planes are lower and so it's just super loud all the time and the plane goes so slow So it just feels like it just hangs in the air until the next one comes. The sounds are one thing that that I think need to be toned down mostly, but the loot. Yeah, the loot
0: seems a little off right now. I think I understand what they're trying to accomplish with the shorter range scopes. And I will say that I love that there are no grenades because it makes everything a firefight. You know, the molotovs are still in there. Sticky bombs are in there for flushing people out, which is hilarious and toxic all at the same time. I love it. But. Having a maximum scope of a 3x world spawn and then the 4x in the crate, it's, I don't know, the map is still too big to be shooting most of the time with a red dot or a 2x and then occasionally a 3x. They have left the Winchester in. Yeah, but that's 2.7.
1: Yeah, still, but like first game, I dropped in, got an AK and an M4. As soon as I saw that Winchester, I grabbed it. Like I dropped an AK to grab the Winnie for that reason. Yeah, but that's only like a two and a half times scope. But it collapsed dudes at distance, which the AK and the other gun doesn't because it doesn't have a sight yet. you got to go find it, you know, so it makes it viable.
2: I mean, I'm still going to use an SLR with it, with it two times before I use it usually. No way. Yeah, I mean personally, that's that's what I would rather do. I used the S SL- I had the SLR most of the night and was having a great time with it. I don't find the three X and like an SLR to be too prohibitive. It just seems like annoying that, you know, you you have an, you know AWM and the eight and the four times, not an eight times. That'd be crazy. Just having that four times is like, dude, really they get that easy, easy reticle and everyone else is still struggling. Mm. I, I understand that it's the you know, crate loot has to be good, but four X should, should be just Slate world spots or something.
0: I don't know. I don't think any game that we got into the end game or middle late stage, it was always like peak to peak battles, right? There was always a couple teams. There'd be like three quote unquote mountains in the fight. And we're all shooting at each other with 2x and 3x, and it doesn't really feel good to be inaccurate, but shooting at like 150 to 250 meters sometimes with a 2x and a red dot, it just doesn't feel good. I mean, maybe that'll change as we do more of it, but I just don't think that having a max spawn of a 3x, and there was like three or four games in a row where I was using a red dot and a hollow going into the mid and late game. It just doesn't seem enough.
2: You know what this map reminds me of? Is watching pro play and seeing their late games on Miramar and there's still a ton of people up and they are all just on a peak somewhere and everyone is fighting everyone and just trying to, to sneak a kill out here and there and like kinda holding in. So one team's pushing, but like there's a lot of action in a small area. But the difference is is those guys have access to full loot tables, not limited to three times, you know? It's just like way more hectic and just ridiculous than any kind of pro play. But it feels with that kind of intensity at certain moments when you're actively holding off three different teams and trying to like get to a safe bowl. It seems like you're really missing an opportunity to have more fun with four and six times.
0: I think that's what's really frustrating to me. You hit it on the head. This map has no grenades. It's focused on gunplay and it has the ability to have the best close quarters combat and the best mid and long range fighting because there's no grenades. Mm. So the team sneaking up behind you has to shoot you. They can't just lob a grenade and kill two of you. I feel like this map is laid out for like the four times and the six times scope. And I think it would be fantastic for that, you know, and I don't want to have to just do that in custom games. I really think the scopes need work. I think that's Probably the thing that I wish was changed was 4x spawns, if not 6x in the crate, 4x in the map. I think that's my number one request. If I had one thing to ask for on this, that's what I would ask for.
2: I think that makes perfect sense. And then have the 8x as rare as 15x usually is, right? Yeah, like super rare crate spawn. Yeah, you get to the end of the game and you're like walking through people, or you did chase down that crate, you get rewarded. The end of the game should be at least pretty geared with a good scope. I agree.
0: Yeah, and it just feels like. The crates right now are so OP that it's going to make everyone chasing crates, which isn't always the fun way to play. But when you've got a level three helm and everyone's got 2x scopes and if you get a 4x out of it, it's insane. Where on the other maps, an 8x isn't that big of an advantage over a 6x. But the 4x scope compared to the 2 and 3, it's been around so long that I think most of the player base is really comfortable with the 4x. So certainly we can all get used to the 2X, the 3X, and whatever else is thrown at us. But the 4X is probably one of the most comfortable scopes for the entire player base.
2: I agree. You mentioned that people have to chain, like chase uh, crates, right? But they are also there's also something else you need to chase because the loot distribution seemed pretty obvious to us, and it's that you have to get... The sticky bombs Mm -hmm. and you have to go to the domes that lead down into the underground bunkers. And I don't know if we really mentioned that too much.
0: No. Do you want to explain the sticky bombs for anyone who doesn't know yet?
2: So sticky bombs can now on this map blow up walls, not any wall indiscriminately, but like there's very obvious signs that this wall can get blown up. You know, it looks like cheap construction compared to the, you know, the better walls that they have. You just throw it on there. It goes off by itself.
1: Does it make a sound before it goes off? little Nokia ringer. That's so good. (laughs) Can you do it? You didn't throw one of these? Yeah, I did. I just want to hear Kevin make the sound.
2: No, no, no. Mike's just going to edit that in.
0: Oh, that's so much work to find that. (sighs) Just a little. No, it's not actually. It's so easy. I'll record it tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) All right,
2: so we got someone to do it. But anyway, so it blows through these kind of soft walls or whatever you want to call them. Soft walls, I guess, would be a Rainbow Six term for something you could shoot through. We'll get to that. There's something like that in this game now. There's these underground bunkers, there's a whole, a couple series of them. Some are better than others, as we found out, you know, almost the hard way. But they're these really intricate underground caves or tunnel systems, and they're really reminiscent of the loot cave on Vikendi. But it's no, you know, there's no crate weapons, but you're going to find the majority of your level three scopes down there. You'll find level three vests, you'll find DMRs and snipers and tons of loot. In general. Just everything seems to be down there. If you go down there, you'll be pretty well kitted to come out and fight anybody. And so you get a lot of people landing right there. Where are these
1: things? Are these these tent domey things? Is that what you talk about?
2: Yeah. Yep. You, you
1: throw the C four on the floor?
2: Domes with flags on them. There will be domes that you go into and there's gonna be actually a pile of rubble over where you would typically throw throw that C four. And yeah, so you just toss that at the ground, run out of there. Uh, you can get fairly close, and if you're too close, you'll get a little bit of damage. Maybe like half health if you're
0: right next to it. And it is worth noting that some of the domes have piles of rocks in the same place that some of them have the flat, like clearly designated as weak wall points or weak points in the floor. That's what I just said. The ones that... Oh, is that what you were talking about? Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: And those ones won't have a flag on top of them. Oh, the f- okay. Got it. So there's a little tiny, like, you know, Sherpa-looking flag. Over the top and then there's also the pile of rubble and it was funny because we went to open one and you know, you're like, I got it. We run in there, you toss it, we're both just standing there and we're like, This is not gonna work. And just nothing happened and we're just like, Oh, I guess we keep moving. And that was oh, that was the game we found those scopes. It was. Yeah, that was a good one. It was really fun. So yeah, but the sticky bombs I think
0: are I think they're really nice. You know, they're really loud. Again, I'm going back to the sound. Everything's super loud on this map and when these things blow up and you're nearby they're they're noisy they're more reasonable when you're you know 30 to 50 meters away and you hear a team like breaching into one of these tunnels or breaching into a building there are some buildings that can only be breached by these sticky bombs so know that that there's points on the map notably the large compound on the north eastern coast, the big square there with some crates outside. There's like no loot on the crates. And then that building is only breachable by sticky grenades. (laughs) And it didn't have a whole lot going on. So I think the loot needs work overall, but these sticky bombs are nice. They have, what is it? Three or four second delay. Then you hear the little Nokia
2: ringtone, and then they blow up and breach. And like, if, if, if I were to throw one, you would hear it attach to the surface that it landed on, and then you would also hear the, the sound go off. More than enough time to get away from lethal damage. The way you say Nokia is triggering me, it's
0: Nokia. No, it is not. Yeah, that's how we do it.
2: Nokia. Nokia. Yeah, it's like, I don't I don't have that kind of car. Nokia. I think the best part about the sticky
0: bombs is that in the absence of frag grenades, they are going to be the most interesting thing to watch people use them in combat because they can actually block off a push or a peek for that six seconds plus however long it takes someone to move. For example, there was a couple times where I was fighting someone on a rock or a bigger, you know, cliff or something like that, and I would throw the sticky grenade or the sticky bomb off to the left side of it, which would force them to peek left, which is not the norm for most people. Most people like to peek right. So I would throw the sticky bomb to their right, my left, forcing them to have one side to peek for the next eight seconds. And it either allowed me to rotate or it allowed me to peek the only side that they can peek during that time. So I actually found it more useful in combat situations than it was unique blowing up and breaching buildings. You know, I never breached a building to get to somebody. I haven't done that yet. But in combat around rocks, it was actually super useful.
1: Have you found the loot on rooftops? Because I tried to drop rooftops, just solely tried to do that. Well, you know, first first games just to see how it was, and noticed that like the higher level rooftops didn't seem to have anything. You had to kind of land on the lower ones, but even then, I didn't find much. But I only played like four games. What, What was your experience
0: on the one stories? I found that most rooftops had one or two loot spawns available. Not that there was stuff there, you know, mostly I found machetes. Yeah, same. But it seems like those one stories would have like one or two available loot spawns. I think it's kind of a risk reward. You know, you might get a gun there, but you also might get destroyed by the person who went in the house. I don't know.
2: I saw that it was mostly machetes. It was actually one of the things that uh, Wacky Jackie put in his like kind of recap for the day of like mostly positives and then like, hey, there's it's too loud. You know, the loot needs to be distributed a little more fairly. Uh, I think he asked for more scopes and said, you know, the rooftop loot needs to not be machetes.
0: (laughs) That's funny. That's what we noticed, too.
2: I thought I was just really unlucky, but yeah. Nokia. No, Kia.
0: Nokia. Those are the kind of two big things with the map, right? The black zone and the sticky bombs are the new things. Well, the underground tunnels, too. Pretty cool. Well, but there's been underground tunnel. I think they're really cool. I don't want to move off that. I'm just saying that of the new things...
2: Could like actually take it into zone. They're, fr- they're fairly linear through the map and they go a long way. They go like half of one of the kilometers.
0: Yeah. And I think over time as people discover them and figure out the routes, I think there'll actually be a lot more combat down there. However, it's really easy to hold people out of those domes if you're in, right? Like pushing into them is brutal because you push in and in a lot of them, it's like a little spiral staircase. And then there's two ramps going down into the tunnel. It's kind of easy to hold. So I'm I'm really curious to see if there's a lot of combat down there or if it's like, oh, that team got the tunnel. We're out of here.
2: It was really almost impossible to push down when I tried it earlier. Um, I think this was right before you had gotten on, actually. And I think C Dome ran down there with someone just waiting for him. I start moving down and this guy just basically saw my legs first, shot me a little bit, and then he backed up because even when I like, I almost saw him when I crouched and he just backed up and the further I came, like he was just shooting my legs out. So, it's like not very like gradual going down that tunnel and it's very tight with like a low roof. So, it creates no opportunity for the person rushing down to do much to take that out. And that's not a a fault. Like tunnels should be claustrophobic. I like that. It's going to make you question whether or not you push and and how you push. Uh, Maybe smoke it out, throw some flashbangs behind it, C4, whatever. And push down into it and then kind of hold behind some boxes if you know the terrain well enough. Straight pushing on a team that knows you're there, you're going to die like 10 out of 10 times. Can you prime C4? Like, can you hold it in your hand and start to chime? No. And you also cannot remote detonate. Can you shoot it? It just you throw it and it goes off within a set amount of time. They didn't try that. That's a good idea, but I doubt it. I do doubt that.
1: I don't know. You can shoot Molotovs out of the air, so you might be able to do C4.
2: What if you could shoot it, but it just, it just ruined the Nokia mm-hmm. and- it didn't go off. Like, you could you could stop it from working.
1: What is that squeaking? <laughs> oh, my God. It's birds, man. It's the daytime here. There's like <laughs> birds flying around. While <laughs> I'm watching the, like, the waveform on the screen, I'm trying to, like, hold my hands around the microphone to stop the sound. There's nothing I can do. <laughs> I've insulated the doors. I've got a mattress up against the other door.
0: I thought it was either a dog with a squeaky toy that you were trying to, like, <laughs> kick out of your room. <laughs> It was your kid, like, cackle laughing over and over.
2: Do you want me to go outside and just shoo him away?
0: You're in, like, the worst, like, bird attack I've ever heard.
2: I thought he just had, like, a really poorly lubricated fidget spinner just going. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's a whole, like, murder of crows or whatever out in the front. Do you want me to just go out and just scare him off? A murder of crows, dude? No, it's hilarious. Yeah, that's what a, what a group of crows is called. It's called a murder. No, I know. I just That's what I feel like on this map, you know, just the murder of crows. We're rolling around. The
0: point about the priming of the sticky bomb, I really hope that you can't
2: because- No, you can't. You just can't.
0: It just, yeah, it works. Like the way it is set up right now is it works. I don't want there to be a replacement for the grenade on this map. I would really like to see this map get learned, people get comfortable with it, and then give feedback on whether or not they like the absence of frag grenades, because we have been doing this in our custom games on Fridays forever now, where we don't have frag grenades, and it's one of the reasons that there's a pretty core group that comes back every week, because there are no frag grenades. It forces you to have
1: gunfights. There's no red zone as well. That might have something to do. And
0: there's no red zone. But the lack of frag grenades leads to gun battles, and this game has the best gun mechanics in any game out there. And I'll stand by that. I still love the gun mechanics in this game to this day. And I just don't want that to change. I think the sticky bomb is fine having the detonator the way it is. I really don't want it to be prime because then people are going to hold on to them and use them as grenades. And I just, I would prefer to see them used strategically to block off ways to push and for
2: breaching. I, I just, I really like the implementation. So I have two ideas for grenades right now. And one is, and one's for customs. I wish that we could try out grenades, but have no opportunity to prime them. So you have to throw it and let it go off in the typical time. And that's just it. Um, giving you some like maneuverability. You hear one land in real life. And you know, this, this isn't a realism game anymore. It never really was. You know, you don't prime a like that. Like you do, you're going to get smacked. I mean, in, in real combat, probably do. Someone will probably say. Oh, I definitely did that, or I know somebody did. As far as I've ever heard, if you do that in training, someone's gonna, you know, beat the shit out of you for that because you just don't prime nades. Another interesting thing would just be if it had like possible short fuses, so it was a gamble. Oof! Could you imagine? I don't know if that would be good. I think people would be really pissed if that was the solution. But nah, dude. Imagine if like one out of a hundred times you just get.
1: You mean in game? You talk about IRL now. Cause that would be great if they did that in game.
2: You just blew no. up. Scenarios. No, no, no. I'm editing
0: this out. This isn't going. <laughs> I, on. I've,
2: I've switched. <laughs> <laughs> I've switched to the game. But like, what if you could have short fuse grenades where it's just like, oh, you know, the malfunction and it just went off early. You'd hate that. There's enough random. Be so mad. Yeah, you'd be so pissed. Trigger's just like, this is never going to air ever.
1: It Needs a fact checking as well, doesn't it? Like, we don't really know enough about
2: real grenades.
0: I'm sure there's faulty grenades, but I just don't want to have that happen in a top five situation.
2: I'm not claiming I know that grenades do that. I'm only claiming the first part that I've heard from friends who you know served and people who've commented on that before, who at least claim to have served. I don't, you know, see the internet. What do I know? But I'll put it out there that I think the player base is
0: going to like the lack of grenades. And I think this will move us in a direction of not
2: using them. You can still meme somebody and kill them with it. You can still do half damage. But you're not just lethal. And that's the thing. They just made the lethal grenade radius way too big. I forget what patch it was, but said it enough. I've found that link enough. And you can see where the radius got bigger. And it's it's just way bigger than it needs to be. You shouldn't you just shouldn't full die.
0: I d I don't think the sticky bomb needs to change. I like the implementation. Leave frag grenades out and let's revisit frag grenades after people get used to this map for a while. That would be my hope.
2: Just revert their grenade radius and the grenades are probably fine.
0: What else about this map, though? The black zone, I think we all agree that this is going to be an interesting sort of take on what it does. It obviously has some strategic implementations, and the sticky bomb obviously has its purpose, and I'm sure we'll find some other purposes as people keep playing the map. But what else about this map? Anything you guys noticed that was like, ooh, that's cool, or not sure about that?
1: Windows. Second story windows are bigger. You don't have to crouch jumps them. You can just jump jumps wrong. Really? Yeah, I went to crouch jump because it's been my mission lately to get better at doing stuff every time I play. And crouch jumping is something I haven't really tried up until recently and now I realize it's not really that hard. You just got to take time to do it. But yeah, I went to crouch jump the window and just flew straight out of the building. It was great. That's cool. I did
0: notice that, like thinking back on it, that the windows were bigger, but I didn't even think about it. Jumping out of them, I just went to my default vault key and threw myself out there. Yeah,
1: going to have a little vault. And to answer your question, there is the semi-permeable walls now, right? So the the drywall that you can shoot through, or gyp rock as we'd say in Australia. Right, that's
0: cool. I didn't even test that. I mean, almost all of my battles were done on the ground. I would say, and for the most part, I think it was in the hills. I'm excited to get into some close quarters combat within these buildings. I'm sure you'll shoot Kevin through a wall probably after we finish recording. You know it. <laughs> it, it was honestly like, I was like, oh gosh, I just ruined everything. <laughs> it was so bad. I love dude. how you felt no guilt after the first time killing killed him eh? The first time he strafed into my line of fire. he's nah, The second time I absolutely murdered him in cold blood. <laughs> so, for me though, I really wish, I don't, maybe I don't wish The thing that I noticed was there wasn't a like unique compound, like a paradise or a hacienda or a school, something that was sort of central. It seems like the new central terrain or building is actually the tunnel system. So I'm actually really curious to see how that works because there's not like a central hot drop, which leads me to believe that the bigger towns on the outside will be pretty heavily hot dropped just because the amount of loot. And I also think the tunnels are going to have pretty good spread of players as well. Now, the other thing that I noticed was in squads, the beginning you would pick a place, and if it was near a tunnel or a town you would have a bunch of squads going there. It felt really busy. And so I'm actually really curious to see how this map plays out in solos and duos, just being a two-by-two. Two. And I think it's actually going to be really good for duos in particular.
2: I think solos is going to be disgusting. like In the tunnels? <laughs> in the tunnel, Oh, it's going to be... It's going to be gross. It's I mean, it's probably going to be fun. If you get in there and you, you get entrenched, like, I'm going to have a hard time not getting mad and talking smack on somebody who just like, <laughs> you know, hides down there and just waits and preys on everybody. But at this little rat, yeah. But at the same time, it's going to be hilarious when you do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know it is. You know you're going to be like, man, I'm a real... A real bastard for this, but I'm going to keep doing it. It's fun. You know. <laughs> well, it's,
0: there's loot down there, man. Yeah.
2: Now, one of the coolest tunnels, one of the best parts of the discovery, and the discovery part's important because maybe that's why the loot is so balanced towards that, was getting into the one uh, tunnel system with the octopus on it that had the water to swim under and through. And there was loot all over the ground there, too.
0: We're on the south side of the map,
2: right? I guess. I mean, there's a couple entrances to it, I think. And then I think they all have an octopus on it. Like each tunnel system has an identifier and I just haven't paid attention to the other ones, but the octopus stood out because there was water at the bottom and that made sense. But I just thought that was really cool that you swim from one side to the other. And if you're, you know, sea dome, you take damage because it <laughs> took too long to go through there.
0: But there's loot all around. I and mean, There's no way you could loot all of it and get across. You kind of have to pick a side or go down the middle.
2: Take a little look-see. Get over there. Catch your breath. Go back and pick up what you need. Or just try and gobble it all up like c This is our check to see if c listens without us telling him he's on the show. So where where we're
0: talking about is on the uh, middle of the south side of the island, there's a town called Al Hayek. And then just northeast of that, it's those bunkers that lead into this little water cavern. And you have to run through the first chamber that has loot. And then there's an offshoot tunnel. And then you'll go down and you'll see water. And that's where you have to go into that water. And then you see the loot underwater all along that cavern. So kind of cool. And it's, you're right. I think the exploration factor is going to be a key on this map. Because normally, I probably wouldn't have gone underwater in that cavern. Unless I was like, hmm, I wonder where this thing goes. And oh, here's
2: loot. I do find it funny that the loot cave was effectively nerfed. And it's still a very valuable place to go. You know, we can't argue that. But they take out, you know, one of the strongest... Hidden gems that they put into the game and, you know, kind of, kind of nerfed it. And then they're like, but also, here's some tunnels with great A (laughs) loot, you know? And it's just like, which is it, man? But I also wonder, like, none of these are accessible without the C4. Vikendi won't come back until after this season. When it does come back, are you going to be able to drive your car into it? Because driving a vehicle down the middle of the tunnels was always annoying. If you got hit by a car it was annoying. If you were trying to drive a car it was damn near impossible. And the car almost never made it back out unless they went through the other side. And it was just like cars just shouldn't have been able to get down there. So I wonder if C4 was back is in that. That or like I think a good trade for that map if there was like, you know, nades there too would be like one C4 can destroy it or like three grenades have to blow it up and no vehicle can hit it and just blow it up cuz like I like it. When has a vehicle crash into a rock, and the rock exploded, and the vehicle is fine. <laughs> just just doesn't happen, right? But, like, C4 should, like, probably do that, you know? But so. the realism kept. The realism yeah, dude.
0: <laughs> I hope candy comes back as a 4x4 snow map, cut the outside off, leave castle, leave villa, you know, leave Garoka,
1: leave the loot cave, and bring C4 on it. In the interest of realism, put airbags in all the cars. Oh. Yo, how funny would
2: that be that if you, be like, awesome. it didn't blow up because cars don't just like blow up that easy. But what if like you, you got like way too much damage or someone shot you enough and the airbags went off and you lost control of the vehicle?
0: Dude, if you hit things straight on, the airbags come out. The airbags
2: <laughs> pop, dude. Yeah. And then you got to drive with no safety. So then if you hit anything else, you get <laughs> extremely damaged. You just go straight through the windscreen because you don't put your seatbelt on. Yeah. <laughs> Hey,
1: how do you know you don't?
2: put What your happens seat if you on? seat swap mid hit and they have realistic <laughs> body like throwing out the car animations? That'd be so bad. Just get launched. The airbag idea is actually hilarious, though. It would work. It'd be a good balance. Yeah.
0: It's like random. Like you don't know if the airbag's active or not.
2: You know, like pop. tap a button. Tap a button. Like punch it down and get out of the vehicle. <laughs> We're going way too far. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. Oh, that always and, and, and like a VR version or something. Maybe that'd be fun. <laughs> PUBG, but ultra realistic. Although you could never do any of these games without the ridiculous metting. That's true. Metting. Oh, I'm yeah. going to pop this. Yeah. I'm going to pop this and get back. And like, if a game didn't have a way to med, it was like it would be the slowest thing ever and it would not be fun anymore. So
0: I feel like you're baiting me to talk about the thing that we all oh, we, bet we, that we, we weren't going to talk about. <laughs> the,
2: the Voldemort. We're not doing it. <laughs> I mean, most games have med, medding properties.
0: I agree. But saying that, Having realistic medding and
2: the time it takes to med is- Played like five different games this week. You're going to have to be more specific. (laughs)
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Anyway. Fill in the blank. I've been sitting here staring at this picture of the Survivor Pass shakedown, which is the Survivor Pass. And I'll skip forward a bit here, but I can't stop looking at this picture with the four characters holding-
0: I know exactly what you're looking at too, and I'm concerned.
2: Yeah, dude. I really want that hat, dude. (laughs) It's the hat. I've been waiting to talk about this slouch hat. I feel like I'm, I'll be a real soldier then. I hate you both.
1: Oh, actually, look the guy's
2: Shit. What, you wanted to talk about the cornrows? <laughs> yeah, the hairstyle, dude. Come on. That's actually pretty cool. But then they added that super hipster top knot. And it's like, oh, come on. go on, get out of here. So,
1: I hate listening to podcasts where they tell you to go and watch a movie or look at a picture, right? So, we'll describe- the picture so it's just survivor past shakedown for the title there's four characters all pointing their weapons kind of forward and out in the background is the new map with some smoke
2: and none of them have scopes which is accurate
1: none of them have scopes no one has helmets as normal we've got the new skin on AWM on the left hand side of the picture on the right hand side we've got the uzi with no scope slr looks like it's good new skin as well and then we've got a girl front and center with a backpack and an rpg hoisted on her shoulder no <laughs> just no Cool. All right. We've discussed that. We can move on. But what if- It's obviously not in the game yet, right?
0: I hate when FPS games go the route of putting RPGs in. Like As soon as you unlock it in Call of Duty or Battlefield or whatever, you have people running around corners with an RPG, shooting them at your feet, and one hit killing you. And it is so stupid. I agree with that. It ruins every game. Get it out.
2: (laughs) I love it. That's how it feels well. But what if we went the way of the claymore? And we decided that it didn't do full damage. And the tube is a one-time use. Claymores can rot in hell, too. Get them out. But you just... Wait, you just said you like the Claymores.
0: What? No, you're t- you said sticky. That if you're talking about sticky bomb, I love the sticky bomb. Claymore is the remote. It's the tripwire thing in Call of Duty oh, true, that you true, run yeah, by yeah, and activates my and bed, blows my up. Bad. I
2: meant C4. Sorry, I meant I meant I meant C4. I meant C4. Yeah, no, claymores are a- claymores are an actual death of the game.
0: Yeah, C4 is fine. I hate claymores and I hate RPGs. Like, there's people that will argue with me that, oh, you can strategically place them and there's actual strategy involved with placing them the right way. Get out of here. It's an RPG and it's a claymore.
2: Get them out. But what if the RPG did no realism and only did half damage to someone no matter what? And they were really for destroying vehicles. I can get, I can
1: get behind that. Like, if it really hurt a vehicle and it used up a gun slot as well and you only had one shot, like, it, that's it's a disadvantage walking around with
2: See, that. See, now we're getting more reasonable. You, you only have one gun. You get one shot. The tube is in inoper- inoperable so- so you have to, you know what I mean? Like if someone wanted to screw you, they could just take the tube away and your first tube would have to be thrown away, disappears after you shoot it. And it only does like 60 or 70 damage. How about 70? Because 70 is 71 damage because 70 is what you can get back from one quick first aid. Someone can reposition, and hit you with that and kill you. But otherwise it won't just kill a full player.
0: With an RPG, you want it to do player damage.
2: Just a little. No.
0: Or like, you know, most. I seriously hate the idea. I, I, RPGs ruin FPS. Point is, it would go away. You would have no weapon slot then.
1: What if you could like jump on the rocket and ride it across the map?
0: And a shopping cart? I'm gonna
1: Trigger on this one. Get him out of here. Yeah.
0: I seriously hate RPGs. It was hilarious to me. Like, I already didn't really like Fortnite. And then they added the RPG. Mm. And like, they just killed the game. Like, oh, we're out of ideas. Throw an RPG in. Please don't put this in the game. Here's the other thing. It's on the Kraken map. Mm. It doesn't have vehicles. Why is there an RPG? Mm. It doesn't need
1: it. Opening doors.
0: Unless the RPG can be used or it's like a mortar shell and you could like selectively blow up a building with it, like the black zone. I don't want
1: it because that would be cool.
2: Ooh, that. That's a pretty good idea.
1: Like, what, like, a, like a laser designator? You could call the black zone?
2: No, just you could shoot it at a building and level it. All oh, right, all right, all right. And then it has a chance to do like, there's there should be like three tiers of damage maybe, right? And like, depending on where and how you hit it or just even just chance. Yeah, I'm coming around to this now. This sounds cool. If you could level a building with an RPG, that's
1: cool.
0: What if it took two, right? So, you
2: gave the person a chance to get out of the building? Make it chance because you can't like perfectly predict how a building is going to do, but they'd be like partially damaged, pretty damaged and like, well, shit, this place is barely standing, you know? Oh. That kind of damage. But it's it's random. It'd be random.
1: I've gleaned more information from this picture. So the dude standing next to her with the SLR has a shirt. Look, what looks to be some sort of Viking tattoo image on the shirt of a of a ship and a kraken, right? Like the sea monster. Yeah, is that what you're picking up, or am I just reading too deeply
2: into that? I'm not picking up what you're putting putting down there. <laughs> Poking, poking, yeah. No, I'm picking up, but you're poking down there. But maybe? Yeah, but like the octopus could
0: be
1: seen as a kraken too. Well, yeah, right? and then you've got that symbol above one of the tunnel doors you were talking about before, that yeah. kraken octopus. Does this fit into the law somewhere, like the Kraken or like
2: see some sort of other kingpin? It's not the Kraken though, it's Karakin.
1: Karakin, yeah, but they've got to spell it differently for marketing, right? Otherwise it just gets lost in the internet.
2: Yeah, but that's a, that's an actual place, but it's not in- Is it an actual place? Yeah.
1: Like I know you said it was in Western Australia, but-
2: Oh yeah, I wasn't messing with you, that was real. It's as real as Rick Astley's never going to give you up. I started following him on Twitter after that show, realized he's a real dude. Which is a really good thing in Australia, right? Like if you're a real good dude- He's a real good dude. It's a good thing, right? Well, the only other thing that really happened
0: that we haven't talked about as a group is the Motor Glider. So, the Motor Glider went from the labs and is now on live servers on Erangel and Miramar. They are random spawn. You have to now bring gas cans. You have to fuel them up before you can take them off, which personally, I think that's a great change, right? Because when they were just fixed spawn at certain locations, they just became these little mini hot drops where everyone would just battle with their fists and then take off. So I like the idea of the random spawn. And I like the idea that you have to loot before you can go fly one. It's a little extra feature to the game that can affect the gameplay like everything else in the game. And it's not, oh, I'm going to hot drop towards the glider and try to win the fist fight to take off. I I mean, that would have just ruined the mid game because so many people were dying right in the beginning.
2: I also agree that that's a pretty damn good change. Both of them making it random, increasing the amount of spawns. I think they did double the the spawn amount, right? I think you're right. Yeah. And then, yeah, you have to have gas to even think about it. So it might incentivize you to drop around it and, you know, wait until it renders in and be like, okay, it's there. It is an option and there's also a vehicle down closer to the house and so let's loot up, go there and we'll get in and we'll go find a nice spot to maybe get the actual gear we need for endgame that's further away, get some more gas, gas this thing up and then fly into the end zone, which would just be super fun. Are you dudes pro flyers now? Like Did you get enough flights on labs to consider yourself a decent pilot? No, 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 I'm still garbage at it, but I did, I did land on my own in the middle of the road. You have to basically land in the road. In my opinion, where you're gonna have a really hard time taking off again, or even just landing. I got kind of good at it
1: quick, and we we went loot, uh, yeah, loot box chasing on Carngal or on Miramar. On Miramar was a bit easier, definitely. Really? For for just landing, like we we just chased boxes, and we got three of them without too much trouble at all. But advice for flying this thing, or f- flying in general, actually, speed is life. Without speed, you can't maneuver, and you fall out of the sky.
2: Also, don't go straight up into the air because you'll just end up stalling out. Pitch and then pitch forward everything slow.
0: Yeah. And the other good thing to note though is once you get into the air with these, you can actually throttle it back a little bit. You have to. And it doesn't waste nearly as much gas
2: as full tilt. There is a handy dandy line on that throttle, like gauge, that'll show you exactly where you can kind of max it out for like fuel efficiency. And you just cruise along and it's a really nice speed. You could definitely shoot out of it. Like, definitely.
1: Did you find it easier? Like, you know, when they change the shooting out of vehicles to make it more stable. But when you shoot out of this thing, it is super stable. Even when you're bumping along the ground, like, it's more stable than shooting out of a car.
2: It's fine. It's fun. i do not worried about it. Are they easier than being competitive play over? <laughs> <laughs> Like, how would that even work? Would anyone do it? I mean, I feel like it'd be too much of a gamble. But then you get a team who's, like, you know, in a six-game series or something, right? And they're already up three games with, like, a win and, like, two top three, you know, placements. And they got the points. It's like, do they go and, like, drive around and, like, just or fly around and, like, see what they can do to mess with people? I mean, they can only send in two. But it'd be hilarious to see, like, professional play with all this stuff on the line. But these guys are like, eh, yeah, we can do it. Forget it. Let's do it. (laughs) Or like you just get a team of two to like, you know, half a team to scout ahead. They're like, dude, we didn't see anyone there. So we just landed. We're chilling. And then the other team drives it. You at least have half a team to place well. So it could be really fun.
0: I feel like that's underestimating how good of a shot the pro players are. I think these things would get shot out of the sky so fast.
2: See, I went the other way immediately. I went and immediately thought of Drassel and was like, oh my God, him with a bolty out of a plane would be disgusting.
0: <laughs> it may be in like pubs, but I think in a pro match, that's just going to get dominated. Yeah. So yeah, no, I wanted to hit that before we kind of finished up on the survivor pass. I mean, I don't see anything personally that's super new about this pass. It's just kind of the next one.
2: Sure. I mean, let's just list the guns that are going to be on the challenge missions. Um Yeah. Go for it. So we have the Scorpion, gun that you probably don't use very much. We have the Win 94, pretty cool. Uh, And then we have the QBZ, the AKM, and the QBU. I find that to be interesting where you have map specific guns that you have to try and farm kills with. I guess it's not too different because you still had to get Maringol Miramar typically to get like the mini when you had to do those. So, like, you know, you couldn't get it when you had Sandhawk on like a heavy rotation. But I just find it kind of annoying that like you have to go to Sandhawk. And I guess this is like the way to just make you play the other maps as well, right? But it just seems a little much. Do you, are the Q series weapons not in the new map? No. They are not no. currently. It's well. a, no, it's, a, it's a definitely a mini map and, and the Scar's in it, so yeah. The Scar and the mini, yeah. And the M4. I think we're at a point where there can be an its own equal split of chance for the Scar to be a G36 or the, you know, the QBZ. Same for the mini being randomly a QBU. And if it's really only supposed to be specific to the one map, then have that have, you know, less of a chance. So, like, with the Scar, for instance, most of the time, it's going to be the Scar because half the time it'll be the Scar. And a quarter of the time, it'll be one or the other for the other two. That would be nice. It'd be cool to randomly be like, is that a G36 on Erangel? Like, damn, that doesn't that doesn't happen much. And then, you know, you just go take it because you're like, it's just interesting. It's new. Plus, we would get the MP5, and that's the big thing.
1: We're not talking about the MP5 on all maps. Nobody wants that.
2: Why? What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Everybody wants that. I was
0: going to say, hold on, dude. Please. MP5, all maps. Let's go. It's, you know, survival pass. It's, it's the same thing. It's just updated. Uh, nothing fancy. I think one thing worth noting is the uh, level up coupons. So if you did participate in the current season that just ended, you should have quite a few level up coupons waiting for this season pass. So don't forget about those.
2: Oh, there is a there is a map change that I'd like to bring up. Yeah. So they have further lowered the volume of wind sound effects and uh, in the moonlight, particular for Vikendi. Um, and they did that by removing the map. (laughs) 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 Sorry. I didn't hear the last. It's an actual note, but that's not, that's not how they did it. They've actually, they've actually lowered the wind sounds, but took the map away too. It's okay. We'll be fine, guys. We'll be okay. It'll come back. You guys see anything else that's, uh, that's pretty crazy and and bug fixes or anything like that that?
0: No, I was just reading through them. I think we're good. Yeah.
2: I think we're okay. Well, why don't we move on to close quarters combat? Uh, I had thought of maybe doing this topic before. We really saw what the map would be like, but in my mind, I I heard 2 by 2 and I I figured that with a map that is so small, I mean, it's a quarter of the size of even Senha, so clearly, that's a small map. I thought we were going to have a lot more close quarters combat. There's a decent amount, but I feel like it's a lot of Miramar-style peak-to-peak fights that are really, really fun that just happen more often, but I still think this is something worth getting into. The show.
0: Yeah, I, I actually agree too. I thought it was going to be a lot more close quarters combat, but it's not as much as I thought. I do you think this is something we should cover because when you get into those close quarter battles, if you aren't thinking about how to approach it, and they're usually fast, there's usually more than one person around. So it's usually a decisive thing. So I say we get into it. I think it's important. What are your thoughts, Ethan?
2: How to get better at close quarters combat. Nice. <laughs> the questions that I think you have to ask yourself, I mean, obviously you would know this, but am I pushing or am I holding? Because that kind of, that's the basis for how you take that fight. Do I have that high ground? Do I have that building? Am I holding that? Or do I need to push in there, you know, to get through those people?
1: So how do you know these answers? Do you, from experience or you know, there's a set rule set you have or?
2: That one's pretty self-explanatory. Well, like I it
1: after the fact or you're sitting there deciding, am I going to push or am I?
2: These are, no, you, yeah, these will be your thoughts in the moment. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I in a position where I should be holding? And then maybe that's the better way, what you should be doing because you can always go against the grain and that will work sometimes because you take someone by surprise. But like, am I in the position where I should be holding or should I push? And it's like, am I coming in from an open field towards a place where I know people are? I've cut off their angle for a bit, but now I need to decide, you know, how am I going to push this or do I bait them out? Kind of those situations. And then if you're the guy in the house, do you push out the back window? and try and catch him on an angle he's not ready for, or do you hold and let him come to you? Yeah, and I
0: think this is probably the most fascinating like set of questions when it comes to PUBG in general, but also with close quarters combat. And I guess what I would say for getting better at this is there's really three key things you have to keep in mind regarding what Kev brought up here. And I love that you started with this because it's, in my opinion, the most important thing to be working through and figure out quickly. And you mentioned two of the things that are important. Who is the aggro and who is the defensive or who's pushing and who's holding? And then the other question that I think matters here is what is the choke point or what are the choke points? If you think about just a single hall with one box in the middle and it's an equal hall on both sides, there's no ins and outs. Well, it's very clear that if you start at the same distance from the other player, the choke point is that middle box. Everything in your mind should be around how do I control that middle box. And you can control the middle box by pushing or by holding. You just have to figure out which one is most advantageous for you. My favorite part about PUBG is that it flipped the FPS world on its head. It used to be Counter-Strike or Call of Duty or all these maps had very fixed maps and you always went to the same choke points and it was just who was better at it, who could hold that choke point, and there was nothing affecting it. Well, the timer in PUBG aka the circle has the ability to push people and make you make decisions in a finite amount of time or take damage because of your indecisiveness or unluckiness with the circle. And so in close quarters combat, those are the things. Am I pushing? Am I holding? And what is the choke? Because what like what you said, what should I be doing? Well there's humans on both sides of this. So there's times where you know what you should be doing and the other person knows what you should be doing. So you actively choose to not do that, which catches them off guard.
2: Yeah. And I, I guess the, in the, the most direct form of saying it, it's like, am I reactive or am I forcing the situation? Am I making things happen or am I responding to them? Yes. And a lot of times, especially with just the way that you're, you know, you're ping and all the latency kind of things work. If you know where the player is, it's a good thing to be proactive and push that fight, knowing that when you round that corner and pull and you do, a couple of things that we'll talk about in this series is like you're going to actually have the advantage because you're pre-firing into a location where you know someone is. When you don't know or it's kind of a, a back and forth, is there the peeker's advantage or is there is there strength in having the quiet little corner that they don't know which one you're in? That's basically the basis for this is like, what do you do depending on the situation?
0: Yeah. And you bring up a really good point there though, is that what you said is, well, maybe you should be more aggressive, maybe pre-fire or shoot into a location where you know they are and that's the person pushing and Mm -hmm. that's controlling a point in a certain way. Well, the cool part about choke points and the reason I brought that into it is that the person being active and the person being reactive can change on the dime, right? So, let's flip that on its head. The opposite is true. Let's say the person's holding a position. They know where the person's going to come from. They think they're going to be aggressive. They hear that person pushing and they start refiring and they do damage to that person. And now that person runs. Well, now the choke point is different. And now the roles have reversed because very likely the person that was holding is now going to push and the person that took damage who was pushing is now probably going to be holding a position or healing. So the choke point is now changed and the roles reversed. And that's what you have to be able to quickly move through in close quarters combat. And we're going to talk about all these little strategies. But if you don't know which position you're in, you've got to be able to figure that out. And that's what you should be working on in close quarters combat. Am I the aggressive one? Am I the react? Active one, and if you're doing that, own that position and do it.
2: And working through how you can flip the script. Exactly. Yeah, like what, what is what can happen, and what what would I do depending on X thing happening to flip the script? And now I just wanted to pop in and be like, maybe we need to give a, something for everyone to work through, including us, so that we're all thinking of kind of the same situation. And I'm thinking one of the best buildings for this would be a garage building on Arangal. Where you have the steps, you have that one room. There's three different spots maybe you can hold as a player who's holding. And then there's the one entry point. There's some trickery you can do. You know, maybe maybe that's like a spot, but is there another building you could think of like a really good opportunity to push somebody where both sides have decent odds? Yeah, so I would say the garage building you're talking about
0: is the two-story building with the balcony, has a room on the first floor. Like it has tons of opportunity for doing things differently. I would look at the uh, bigger warehouse buildings that are the one story. They have the boxes in the middle and it's, you know what I mean? They're usually nothing on either side of them. So it's open all around it. And then you've got the boxes in the middle on Erangel, right? And there's a couple places where they're stacked on top of each other. There's just like three of these warehouses near each other. I would look at those as a good one because you're not dealing with the question of verticality because the verticality in this game offers so many different options for jumping out a
2: window. I think that was part of my thought was the fact that you might jump out. And that's a huge thing. And it's a reason, just for a quick example, like why I would break a window when I decide to settle in anywhere is so that I can quickly vault out of a window when someone's pushing me. And now I've pushed them to be the one holding. I know exactly how scared they are and where they are. And now I can push up the steps to them you know, on that house or I guess there's that stereotypical Raza kind of house where you would be able to do that kind of stuff too. And
0: that's why I think breaking down a house or a section on the map may not be the most effective thing to do with just audio. And maybe what we do is maybe if you had a specific tip or maybe we go through our best tricks and tips and if you have a specific building in mind for that tip, that may be a good, a really good way to do this. You know, you probably had a very specific scenario in mind for that garage building. So, what's your tip on that? What's your best trick for that? Because I'm really curious about it.
2: Well, I guess we come to that kind of building. And then like I'm saying that kind of pretty typical building around around Arangal where you have the two stories, you have the two rooms on the second floor, and it's like the L shape going up for the steps. You know, so you have the kitchen, the bathroom, the small room, that kind of house. And there's a lot of times where you're like, hmm, do I let this guy push me or do I jump out one of the side windows? And now that guy's stuck on the stairs as I'm like right on him mm. and depending on the different sound cues that you and the other guy are able to give you know how much does he know about me how much noise can I make so that he can't hear anything and how much noise are they making so that I can't hear them push you know there's a lot of there's a lot of people who can Decide to mask their footsteps, you know, because depending on how confident you are, you're going to be making noise.
1: Kevin, I've been using my melee weapons to throw off sound, like to throw my melee out the window so they think I've jumped out. Mm. And like, you know, you don't waste a smoke grenade, which oh, is because it was a smoke grenade if you too, tell.
2: right? Yeah. And it's not a shot. It doesn't it's make a, a shot. grenade sound. Wow. Yeah. I like that. It just smashes wow. the window.
1: And they assume you've jumped out the window and then stood still when you've landed.
2: So they go running around the building. Yeah. That's some trickery, dude. I like that. You're up to no good. But yeah, so I don't know. So those are the kind of buildings that I feel like I've had more success being more so the person caught off guard. Maybe I'm out there just kinda with a sniper and I'm I'm looking really far and then someone all of a sudden has like crept up on my place and I'm I'm gonna solo and then we we're playing that little dance. Those might be the buildings that I've hopped out of. So yeah, I mean so we've talked a little bit about like pushing or baiting or pushing or holding the position, should you bait or force. And then the last is just an idea of having Proper ADS or just regular aiming position when you're moving through places. I think this is key. Having your cursor in the right spot is so important. When I watch inexperienced FPS players, they have their head down a lot of the time, especially going up hills.
1: Where, where are you meant to have your head when you're going uphill?
2: Looking up
1: the hill, right? What? And
2: so. <laughs> Obviously, it's like, what what would happen if someone rounds over the top of that hill? Well, you'd want to shoot them. But if you're looking at grass and that's the center of your screen, you're going to have an issue. And one of the things that, I mean, I remember being a tip, you know, a long, long time ago from winter before I was even involved with it was every once in a while, just letting go of shift while you're running up a hill or as you're moving through a house and clearing it. So, you're not running and then that crosshair kind of pops up. You get that center dot in the middle of the screen. And you'd be like, okay, so I'm actually looking at the horizon of this hill and I can react if someone pops up there. As soon as I ADS, I should be there. Instead of I ADS to the grass, I pull up and, oh, wait, look, I'm dead. What do you do you do then?
0: I think this is one of the things that, to your point, many people suffer from because this game trains you to look down. You're running through buildings, you're looking for loot that's all on the ground. You know, so it's a natural thing to be looking down most of the time. So it's an active decision to either train yourself to look up, or once you're looted, make sure you're not looking down. But as it relates to close quarters combat, crosshair placement is probably the number one thing you can do when you're inside buildings, especially to get better at the game. And it's just the idea of any time you are moving through a location, be thinking about where's the most likely place that that person is going to be. And if you're clearing in a room and you're going to strafe in front of that room, you don't put your cursor right in the doorway, you're going to put the cursor where it needs to be. So when you strafe into the room, you're looking at the corner where you think they might be. But in that same breath, you can also think about there's so many things you can do in close quarters combat to eliminate the position that the enemy might have against you. You know, think about a room where you're entering the room. Well, if the door is closed and there's an enemy in there, you can open the door so that it opens into the room. So if we're talking about a rectangular room, you can usually see two of the corners from the door. And if you open the door, you can eliminate the front left corner, right? If it opens to the left. So then the only corner you need to check first is to the right. And then you can swing around and check that left corner. And if you checked the back two corners and then the front right corner as you were moving in and you know they're in the room, there's only one place they can be if you didn't find them there. Crosshair placement though is critical for that because if you know where they're going to be and your crosshair is 45 degrees off, you're giving them all the time in the world and you're losing your peeker's advantage being the one that comes through the door.
1: Say if you've got your crosshair At what would you say, 45 degrees off them, and you're going to snap to them. Do you aim and then shoot, or do you start shooting and then aim?
0: Oh, that's a great question um
1: like that's probably something you'd have to ask your hand i think but like in general ingrained
0: yeah in general for me at least i start shooting as soon as i see somebody in close quarters combat it's one of those things where there's so many factors that go into close quarters combat if you see somebody and you shoot and then you turn and try to control the spray that sound can sometimes scare somebody right? And that's going to mess up their aim. We're talking about all these strategies for you, but it's almost as important to mess with the mind of your enemy in a close quarters combat. So anything you can do- That's a whole nother episode. But anything you can do to get them off their game or to get them off your position or to do anything to cause them to re-aim, right? Because the person who is holding, that means they're holding an angle. That means they have their cursor mostly fixed on where they think you're going to come from. So, if you can do something to make them aim again or move their cursor, that's almost always going to be in your favor as the aggressor, which is why, you know, things like sprinting through a doorway and then aiming and firing the person can be really advantageous because you're forcing the camper to move their mouse and oftentimes they're going to overcorrect right? Or throwing in a grenade or a flashbang or something first, even if it's fake. You know, throwing a smoke grenade off of a door into a room where you think somebody is, it's going to make them reposition or maybe make a shuffling noise or something so that you get an advantage or you gain a little bit of info that lets you take control of that fight.
2: What is better than jumping through a doorway with like a Saiga Mm. and just blasting away while you're in midair and just, just seeing that guy drop and you're like, man, you... You aimed perfectly at the moment my head would creep through the door. But what do you do when I'm past it entirely in a second? You hit me in the shoulder. I don't know best. He's jumping through a door, I think. you do these? I do it a lot, man. I do it all the time. Like, er- this is- Really? Purely like early game. The dude I'm going against only needs to be hit maybe once or twice. And I also cannot afford to be hit. And so if I pretend like I'm kind of scared, I and mean, he's like, oh, I got this guy. He's such an idiot. <laughs> Why is he trying to push me? And then you just fly through the door and you just- You're already three feet into the room and you know exactly where to turn to get this dude who's sitting on the wall. But this guy is already fully ADS looking at that wall. He's going to have a hard time flicking to you while you've already landed two, three shots. Especially, like I said, the Saiga. Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. Blast away.
1: Some of my best kills have been people jumping into a room at me. And I just think it's hilarious because they get ragdoll before they hit the ground.
2: Sometimes. I mean, it's- That is a pure gamble, and if you get mad, I really encourage you to come to the Discord and yell at me, Um, but it's really fun. I mean, it is a good one. Another one that I wrote that is like, maybe you guys have been playing and doing the tango for a little while. You've done some damage or have gotten hit for some damage, and you need to get away or they're just in the mindset that they're going to fly at you, and you do the old disengage as they're pushing you, and you run around a corner and just immediately prone so as they round the corner. They're trained like, we t- well, like we're we telling you to do, train your aim so that it's at head level and chest level so you can react better. That training completely fails when the dude is laying on the ground and shooting up at your chest and just destroying you. When it happens, it's great. I can probably say I've killed more people who've tried that on me than it's worked for me. But I mean, the old Call of Duty drop shot sometimes works when, when you have someone chasing you. I don't think it works in general.
1: Sure. When they've got the blood up and they're, they're running after you, they think they've got you in, in the bag. and you're waiting. It's a
2: good way to get someone really mad at you. That's for sure. <laughs> if it works. Yeah. Like I said, it, it, it's not going to have a very great success rate, but it might save your life one time. And then you'll thank me.
0: Along the same vein, though, when you're breaching a house and you go through a door, if you open that door and go into the room and immediately crouch, Kev brought up a really good point there is that most people who are holding an angle will hold it at head level. So, if you come in the door crouched, they may not see you because they're zoomed in or they may have to adjust and they may have a hard time hitting your head.
2: Why do you assume they're using a holoscope? <laughs> <laughs> they
1: can't see you
2: walking. It's season in a forex. <laughs> come away. on you've done it i've done it <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah i've definitely had people who just like you know my my gun was in the way
0: i think the other point that i saw you wrote on here kev that i don't want to skip over i think a lot of people underestimate how powerful hip fire is mm-hmm. and not for its accuracy you know when someone unloads half of a clip and an m4 at you and you haven't killed them yet usually you're going to reposition. So put yourself in the shoes of the person who has the M4 that they can hip fire. Even hitting somebody once or twice, it immediately triggers that reaction for them of, do I need to heal? Do I need to back off? What should I do here? But don't underestimate, especially in close quarters. Like If you come around a corner with an M4 and you jump around a corner, I do this a lot. Like Keith, you asked the question. I will jump around a corner, especially with an SMG, and just unload it. And oftentimes they won't even hit you because they're holding the angle. And if they're within five or 10 meters, you're going to hit 60% of your shots, which in the beginning of the game kills them very quick.
2: Yeah. I think the jump, the jump shotting through doorways is not a reliable thing to do against very well geared players. But it is damn fun to do when you're not too worried about the early game.
1: Because guys hipfied with the ump, like, because ump's not a friend of mine, right? I feel like
2: it's the cursed weapon for me. But the only time I've had
1: success with it is hip firing at like huge range.
0: Are you talking about soft aim though? Yes,
1: soft aim. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, 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 your left hand will come up and actually grab the barrel and your crosshair will get slightly
2: smaller. So that's a term I've learned from a game we won't bring up. It's called <laughs> point firing, right? What's um, that game? So so PUBG <laughs> has legitimate hip firing where you're just, just holding it and spraying it. Let's see what happens, right? And then the, that tight. Soft aim that we've been calling it forever. The real idea is that it's it's still in your it's still in your shoulder, and so it's still the recoil's less and the accuracy is there. You just don't have your head and your eye down to the scope. I mean, you know, learn that from a a game that will not be named. You know, and um, you know, I definitely haven't spent a ton of time recently <laughs> playing that. Uh that game that, you know, what are we talking about, right? You definitely but, didn't
0: get me into it either.
2: No, nah, no, nah, it didn't happen. Heath hasn't downloaded it and played <laughs> it solo as well. I haven't built memorabilia for my garage. I'm not rich as hell in the game that we're not talking about. I'm not, actually. But yeah, no, so like, yeah, that soft name is really cool. You know, the point fire. I put it on a mouse button, I think, actually. and I for, Now I forget which one it is. You use middle, see middle mouse? I've made my uh, my map key. Ooh, spicy. Yeah, I like it that way. Well, I think I found I wasn't really using it for the call out thing that it was made for. So yeah, that was, that made sense to me. Cause I had my map, I had my map on tilt because I just hated going all the way to M because I don't tilt my keyboard super far. Mm-hmm. So I had it on tilt, but I was often like hitting my map open while I was trying to tab loot and stuff. And it was like, yeah, this is, this is a dangerous key to have do anything.
0: Nice. Well, close quarters combat. We're back.
2: Finishing up, finishing up. What's your best tip? What's your best trick? In close quarters
0: combat for Close Quarters Combat.
2: I think it's one that we actually haven't crossed off uh that I wrote down. It was it was the idea of knowing how to, to crouch jump into windows. Not necessarily like obviously the fast escapes are really nice, but being able to jump onto a windowsill and do the windowsill p- peek down onto a, a team is really, really fun. It'll work on solos fairly well, um if they're being like especially trepidatious but it's when you have like really confused four-man squads and like you have two of your players on the first floor who are doing something to kind of not they're not even baiting them, they're just dealing with the situation but you go and take advantage of that jump into a windowsill and just lean out the side of it and you just own somebody yeah but do you want to finish your points Kevin? no that was it i was just waiting for you guys to agree with me yeah, I agree with you. So,
1: <laughs>
2: just, like,
1: right back to the start of these points of the close quarters combat is the first thing you said is, am I holding, should I, and the, these are questions, and I find my worst games when I finished and I'm dead and I think, why was that game so bad? Oh, because that's the first time I asked a question. Like, if you're not asking yourself these questions in the game, you are reactive to everything. You are picking up what I'm putting down here? Yeah, that was deep. If you're not saying, yeah, I know, I went to that you know, place. Um, but yeah, If you're not asking the questions, you are reacting to everything and you just get what you're given then rather than make the game what you want.
2: Yeah, and and you got to be asking those questions before you're in the situation. The moment that you see the opportunity for any engagement coming, you have to be like, what can I do to put myself into the power position? What can I do if I lose it, right? Like, where am I? And I've had, I've had certain fights recently that just been, it wasn't like a pure outplay, but I definitely took my time and like made the person make moves. And one of my favorites that I got recently, I didn't even realize it, but I put this guy at ease by throwing a terrible stun grenade. This wasn't planned. Like this wasn't me being like, you know, thousand IQ by being no IQ, but I just like completely missed throwing (laughs) a, uh, stun grenade into the window, and I banked it off or something. It was kind of something. This guy's like, <gasps> and I wrapped around so fast, and I did like a legit Rainbow Six, like quick peek and hit the two headshots I needed to kill him, and he was done. But this guy was clearly like, man, this guy's trash. <laughs> and then I, you know, was able to reposition on him and, and got him. And I can only imagine that it, he was just like, what? Yeah, super fake. I like that
1: same concept. Of when you when you're not sure what to do, but when all your team's dead and they're all watching you, and you're like, I don't know what to do, and you can, but you've got the time, just just turn to your team and say, What do you guys think? And you know, one of them is always going to say, throw a grenade at yourself. Come on, let's get back to the lobby. But it's, it's nice to, when you're playing on your own, for instance, just pretend you got your team with you and take a second, stop and ask, what would Soup do? What would Jake do? You know, what would, how would these guys approach it? If you don't know,
2: like, do something different. Solo squads is a very good way to start learning how to ask those questions because who are you going to talk to at that point, right? You're on your own and you have to, like, you have to down somebody and completely reposition. There's a lot of situations in, in big team fights and stuff where, it's you and another sniper versus each other and like you guys kind of do like bait shots and stuff. You really can't do that when when they don't have the threat of your other friends kind of making them like be quick too. If four people are going against you or usually it's like you snuck up and you took down one but now you have three people trained on you and it's like you're going to have to do something, make something happen and, and then also just be out and, and move somewhere. As soon as you down somebody, you can't push forward. You can't hold the same position for sure. And you're gonna to have to be sneaky to do the one v four. That is all. I don't do it enough. I probably would gain some benefit from that, right? But uh, I don't solo squad enough. But that's probably a good way to learn how to like do the decision making part of that, because those are the things you have to like run through in your head as you go, right? Well, yeah,
0: and I think you brought up a point that I wasn't thinking about, but. Close quarters combat is greatly affected by which mode you're playing in, and first person, third person, absolutely, but furthermore, solos, duos, squads. The last point that I was going to bring up is related to this, is that in a close quarters combat situation, we talked about the defender and the attacker, but there's always another option. There's usually the option to disengage. And whether that's to reposition and turn it into a mid-range fight or a short-range fight or a long-range fight, sometimes you have that option. Depends where you are on the map, depends on the situation. But if you're in a duo or a squad... It can change everything because if you're holding a position, you may not necessarily be holding the position to shoot. You may be holding the position to hide so your teammate can get in position to cover your next move. So knowing the situation, asking those questions like Heath said, the most critical thing for close quarters combat. But then there's all these little tricks like pre-firing like hip fire, like jumping through a door, try them, have a plan, try it, be willing to fail because you'll figure out the good strategies for you. There's a lot of people that are very, very passive when it comes to close quarters combat. That's okay. But if you want to win those fights and get that loot and put yourself at a better chance of winning later, try something, try something new know that there's usually the option to disengage and knowing when to do that is something that's really hard to define with words. It's just something you have to try. You know, if you're in a really disadvantageous position, but you can jump out that window and get to another building and turn it into a short range fight from building to building because you think they have the best angle on you in a close quarters combat, you should do that.
2: 100%. And so, I mistakenly kind of said series in the middle of talking tonight, But now I'm thinking that we do need a bit of a series, right? And I think we maybe need a decision-making series on on long-range engagements, on different types of mid-range engagements. Like maybe we do something on those Miramar hill pushes and how you use the sound and what you see. And I mean, we would probably only be helping people in first person because that's very specific to that. But I feel like we could do a couple more options for these like mind, because what this turned into was mindsets. And then what skills you use based on the knowledge that you're gaining throughout the entire engagement. Yeah, I I think we I think we have an opportunity to kind of explore mindset scenarios and you know, how you get off of the back foot and things like that.
1: I like it. It's cool. I've been yeah, i trying to work on new skills lately, and one of the, my techniques is to write them down. I literally have a piece of paper next to my computer, PUBG on the top, five points, and at the top, I think I wrote, I had some goals, So as well as the skills I want to learn. And one of them is crouch jumping, because I would play a game, and I'd finish the game and go, oh, I didn't crouch jump that game. And then i played the next game, oh, I didn't crouch that game. So until I wrote it actually on the wall next to me, I was like, crouch jump, okay, yeah, I'll actually try and do it. And there's this spot at the start of every game, I don't know if you noticed this, but between when you're the lobby... The game actually kind of starts, and then the timer starts, and then you run around doing nothing, and then the plane starts. There's this huge section there where you can practice lots of different things, like crouch jumping, for instance. But you can also flick headshots on everybody, not with a gun, just with your crosshair. You've got 10 people standing around you, and they'll run in different directions. Just try flicking your cursor from one head to the next. This is what I regularly do, just to, as a warm up. And you realize that it's actually harder than you think, A, eh, just put your cursor on the heads. But after you've fifth or sixth game for the night you get really good at it
0: are you saying that me throwing apples onto the girders in the warehouses on sandhawk is not useful
1: it's not too useful but like you know the old volnova i used to drop there all the time before they revamped it and people would you know strangers that i was with would say i don't want to go there i don't know the layout i'm like you don't know the layout it's one of the spots you start before the game starts like what have you been doing throwing snowballs at each other like just they didn't Go and explore the rooms, and I know you guys are guilty of this. That's why you're not speaking.
0: I'm 100% guilty of it. I hate yeah. you for calling me out. I,
2: I knew <laughs> Volnova very well, and I just didn't think it was a very interesting place. Yeah, I thought it was. A, I thought it was kind of just like a player trap. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's so uh, limiting on how you can get in and out. Sure, it just it just wasn't worth it mid game, and it also occupied an area directly next to a bridge, so it just kind of like rendered another bridge inoperable. I would have been fine if they just moved Volnova. Just, just delete it. You'll be right. Out of the way of that bridge yeah. gave us our mobility and made that place still freaking nuts. They did remove Volnova. They deleted the map. They deleted the map. That's my joke. Okay? That's mine.
1: <laughs> and you don't need to go through Volnova anyway because the bridge is invalid because they froze the water. This is something we can do now with the new map, right? Don't waste your spawn time at the beginning. Go on and explore cool windows, peaks, corners, rooftops. See what you can climb on.
0: But they gave us rocks to throw Heath. It's different than snowballs Did and they? apples. Yes. Oh,
1: I didn't see that.
2: No, it's just mounds of dirt. Mm mm mm. Oh, right. Rocks don't break like that unless you run into them with your car on weekends, which <laughs> no longer exist. Airbags, people. <laughs> airbags. <laughs> that's a wrap. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Kev, take us out, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, we need some airbags. Uh, if we get one thing done through this whole discussion i had a lot of fun talking about this the new two by two map is really fun i'm really excited i'm waiting for someone to let me know how to say it properly i enjoy it i hope that the certain sounds get tweaked i hope that the loot gets balanced and we get some four time scopes and i hope you learned a little bit about close quarters combat and mindset and even if you know about these things i hope it kind of reminds them you know reminds you of why these things are important to think through and then to reflect on after you die or while you're waiting for your friends to finish the fight. There's always an opportunity after a fight to think about what you could have done. So I thought this first mindset thing was cool and I hope to do it again. With that, I think we're pretty much done here. So Trigger, where can we find you?
0: You can find me a few days a week on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash MTB Trigger. You can also find me talking about the game... That we very intentionally avoided <laughs> naming, sort of jokingly. But I started a Tarkov podcast
2: called Exfil, Ooh. and you owe him <laughs> something. What, what, what I that? forget what the bet was even for, but you—I think it was ten lost. fictional
0: points. Yeah, ten fictional points awarded to Heath. I'm uh, saying the word. But I started an Escape for Tarkov podcast with a gentleman named Eric, or as some of you may know him, Ronald Gaming. Uh, that's E X F I L. It's another podcast. You can find it wherever you find this one. And we also do a uh, 4K talk show YouTube. So if you're interested in that, you can find that in the comments. In the comments, you can find that in the show notes as well. But I'm also on Twitter at MTB Trigger as well.
2: Yeah, it was a, it's a fun show. I got to go on there. You guys can see my ugly mug on one of those episodes. Uh, hopefully not the last.
0: You got called out for your resting face. Did you see that?
2: No, did someone talk shit? <laughs> yes dude it's uh, on the youtube uh, comments they said i had resting bitch face yeah. they're not wrong i forgot to tell you about that uh. usually my disposition is annoyed it's just it's just my constant state i'm sorry i don't maybe he's born with it and maybe he's just kind of mean you know it
0: funny. it's funny
2: <laughs> anyway ethy where can we find you bud you
1: can find me on Twitter as Heathy Keithy. You can find me YouTube, also Heathy Keithy. You can find me on the Winner Winner podcast, a great podcast about PUBG. Uh, also, I've started a new podcast called Name That Cyclone, where I just name all the cyclones for the last 200 years, one after another. Each episode's about two hours long.
2: What's a cyclone? Oh, it's like a tornado. I was hoping for a little bit more, but okay. Yeah, I mean, seriously, like, you know, what's the significance and how'd you get into no, it? D- please don't Google Name That Cyclone. I, I made all that up. I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> I
0: was going to ask you what the first one was.
2: (laughs) Well, anyway, if you need to catch up with me, uh, you can find me on Twitter and find me in our Discord and many others, just shit talking throughout the day. That's about it. That's all we have past that. You know, thank you to Spiffy Man. Thank you to all of you. Uh, especially the people who contribute to the Patreon, those of you who like and share and sub to all of our different things. We really appreciate you. Big shout out to the Friday Night Customs crew, a cooler name than that, should have been named by now, but you know we need help from you guys. We'll see you this Friday and every Friday after. Thank you very much. True. anything else? Any more housekeeping? If you've got things that you want us to talk about or things you want to get better
0: at, you can email us at 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 gmail.com. We check that regularly. But the best place, as Kev mentioned, is the Discord, if you're not already there. Got over a 1,000 members. There's people that are looking to squad up all the time. Make sure you do that. Get involved. But other than that, no. I think we're good, man. I'm excited for this new map. And we'll be playing it on stream a bit this week and next week and checking it out. Is it
1: available on Customs? Custom matches? Not Customs and Tarkov.
0: As of right now, not confirmed.
1: That was good Heath that was a really good customs Joe's trying to leg you lead you to that factory
2: <laughs> I hate that map no so apparently it is not available for customs which is pretty under I mean not understandable I don't understand it but it's pretty you know predictable at this point that's that's been the way it's been I think maybe aaronall 2.0 is the only one that was available that way but yeah no you can't get into there apparently on customs hopefully we'll have that soon do we get gliders in custom games? Oh, no one's been letting us know the juicy goods. I need a community manager to be salivating over all the things we can do. They've they've already stopped listening because we did the Patreon stuff.
0: No, but if we we get gliders, man, that's all we're doing on Friday. (laughs) I guarantee it. Dude, I just
2: want to do glider (laughs) jousting. Glider jousting. Two-man teams, glider jousting. You're not allowed to do anything but shoot each other head on with sniper rifles. That's it. You can only have car ninety eight with four time scopes. <laughs> no, no, no. Four time scopes. Four time scopes only. Uh, you can unscope if you want. Oh my gosh. This is derailed so quick. Sniper jousting. And, and I just want to basically have you or me uh, as like, you know, Superman. And we'll just drop gliders and we'll have everyone else just watch. Perfect. I mean, we'll just have like, we'll just have a crew on the side watching. And it's like, you know, night jousting. We'll just have several of them and they can all go hundreds of meters away from each other. And we'll have our knights in their spots. We'll just tell them, you can go now, right? You two go. And then they just fly over an area.
1: That's awesome. Can we have the people on the ground driving a car and try and catch the bodies as they fall like uh, SpaceX?
2: Yeah, as they, as they pass each other, if they don't shoot each other out, they have to do another pass, but it's not another pass. They have to go head on and try and shoot one of the people out for the win. Or they have to run straight into each other. That's just it. We have to see a fiery car crash. You know, is
1: this gonna make the show?
2: Oh, yeah, this will be on the show. There's options here.
0: Anyway, see you later. Goodbye. (laughs) Winner, winner.
2: Winner, winner. Winner, winner.
0: Out.
2: All right, I'm stopping. (laughs) All right, that's it. We're done.